Okay, guys, welcome to the show. I'm excited about today's episode. Um, today, I'm going to sit down with Joe and Dennis, the founders of Initial Ascent. And um, so me and Joe and Dennis got a chance to meet at the Western Hunting Expo. Um, their booth was right next to the Peaks booth, and I was kind of hanging out around there and also Guy from um, Western Contours had a little podcasting set up there, so they were kind enough to let me kind of use their space some uh, for doing some podcasting over there, and um, their whole crew was just really cool guys, you know, um, I mentioned a couple of guys on here later, uh, you know, Chris and Roger, and, um, and so anyway, uh, I got a chance to meet Dennis and Joe out there. Uh, we connected. We did a little podcast thing. If you heard the expo episode, but we kind of wanted to sit down and have a longer conversation about how they met, how uh, Initial Ascent started, and um, also, you know, to be honest, I I'd seen Initial Ascent, I'd heard good things, but um, wasn't really, you know, that interested. I kind of had some different packs I've been trying or whatever, and but. Um, this guy who was working at the booth, Chris, um, he was like, Hey man, have you ever like tried one of our pack frames? And I was like, nah, you know, I haven't. And, um, if you've ever seen it, it's very unique. It's like this, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's carbon fiber and some other stuff, some different materials, but, um, very unique design. And, um, so he threw the thing on me and, um, and you know, I've mentioned it before, but, um, he was kind of like, so, you know, what, how much weight do you think that is in there? And I, you know, I said, I think it's about 30, 35 pounds. And they told me it was 65 pounds and I was just blown away by how well this thing carried the weight. And so, um, that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is legit. This is pretty cool. Um, and their, their packs, their, their actual bags are also really well designed. And, um, Anyway, I just kind of connected with Joe and Dennis. Um, you know, they're they're believers. They met in church. Really good guys. Just uh, hard workers. Nice guys. Salt of the earth. And um, so yeah, they're actually also gonna send me uh, one of their packs to try out. And my plan is, Lord willing, I get it in time. I'm gonna try it out on this uh, bear hunt I'm going on with Lampers and Mark Livesey and uh, and Brad Hunt from Gritty. So. Um, you may see me rocking that in the film at some point. Um, and, um, you know, I'm going to talk about it, do a little review video later in the near future. Um, but I'm looking forward to trying it out. And um, also, I'm going to set up, uh, or we are setting up an affiliate deal with Initial Ascent, which I'm really excited about. So um, if you are in the market for a new pack, um, you know, I highly recommend you check out Initial Ascent. You know, they're made in America, very innovative design. Um, and, I'm going to go ahead and say probably the best weight carrying backpack that I've, or frame anyway, that I've tried. And I tried, when I was at the expo, I tried almost all different companies, uh, frames, and, um, I'm going to do a more in-depth review, um, after this bear hunt, but, um, I definitely check, I definitely recommend checking it out. And also once you have the frame, you can swap it out with all the different size bags and stuff. So, um, the code for that is going to be quest. So you're going to use the discount code quest. And when you do, you're going to be getting a solid, awesome pack. You're going to support an awesome, um, American made company. 
Um, and you're also going to be supporting the show directly when you do that. So really excited about this opportunity to work, to work more with Initial Ascent. And um, again, like I couldn't be happier supporting them because they're just great guys. And it's a really awesome product. I'm not just saying it, guys. It's, a, it's an amazing and innovative product and some, and some great guys. So um, use that code at Initial Ascent Quest and save some money. Um, you know, get some awesome gear and you're going to help out uh, the Hunter's Quest uh, podcast. So anyway, um, enjoy this show, guys. Um, you know, please, if you also like what's going on, leave me a rating or review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I really appreciate your support. So we will see you on the next one. And I will definitely let you know how this pack does on the bear hunt. So thanks, guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is your host, Hunter McWaters. I'm here with Dennis and Joe from Initial Ascent. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Good to be on here. Yeah. yeah thanks good for to coming. be with you. Are you guys in the same town right now? Or are you separated? It used to be no, close, but there's been so many people moved here, man. It takes me an hour and a half to get over to Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the crow flies, it's not that far. But, uh, yeah, it, it takes a little while now. Okay, but you are in the same town, though. We're in two different towns. Okay, you are. Kind of right right beside each other. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... And where's the initial ascent headquarters? That would be in Middleton, Idaho. That's kind of where... That's where I'm at. Okay, cool. Cool. So, yeah, I um, had a chance to meet um, Joe and Dennis at the expo. Um, I was hanging out quite a bit around the Peaks booth, and you guys are right next to them. And also, I was doing some podcasting with uh, with Guy over at Western Contours, and he was kind enough to let me use the booth some, and um, ended up to get, getting a chance to catch up with you guys a little bit. And so, uh, we did a little podcast together um, at the booth, but I wanted to kind of get back together and do a full-length episode and talk about stuff a little more, so I uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Um and, um, you know, the other reason I was really interested was because I was kind of just messing around, um, like I said, at the expo and I think it was Chris came and was like, um, one of the guys working at your booth and was like, Hey man, have you guys, or have you, you know, have you tried one of these pack frames? And I was like, uh, no nah, man. So he, he kind of like got one and threw it on me and, um, and it felt pretty good. And I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, how much, you know, how much weight you think that is? And I was like, I don't know, 30, 35 pounds. He's like, yeah, it's 65 pounds. <laughs> I was like, what? And he handed it to me and I was like, oh, and I was like, wow, that's, that is actually impressive. So, um, you know, nothing quite beats when you actually feel that. So that, yeah. at that point I was like, all right, these guys are legit. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, you know, to get that reaction. And it's, you know, when we first started putting weight on people, Dennis, I think it was what, like 30 pounds. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, and we thought, oh man, that's awesome. But then it just naturally progressed. I think Dennis, you know, we had one guy or we had several folks at the show had what, 170 pounds on them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy that kind of weight, but you know, you see people up standing straight up, not, you know, hunched over, but standing straight up with 170 yeah. pounds on their back. It's uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch the reaction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The reaction, yeah. um, our social media people they they actually put uh 
one of the one or two of those videos on TikTok. Oh, We're yeah. new to TikTok, so Joe yeah, and I haven't are a delved too, in there yet. <laughs> yeah, Joe and I are a little bit too old to be doing TikTok, but we <laughs> have, for yourself, we have somebody else. <laughs> so I'm a little too old to be doing TikTok, but uh, we've got a couple of folks that uh, you know say that that hey, that's the next frontier. You you need to be on TikTok. So we we got started here few months ago i guess and uh the reaction to that on there went from wow that's amazing to maybe it's 170 ounces <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not 170 pounds you know we had all these experts on there that could visualize what 170 pounds could be and that just wasn't it yeah so yeah. Uh, i don't know if started. i've ever put a pack on that heavy before honestly I don't I think don't, most people have no. uh, cuz I I don't think most packs just physically they may be able to handle the weight but just physically loading that much weight on a pack it's it's kind of a chore. Oh yeah, I mean and you'd have so, to have somebody helping you get that on. I mean Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, I was sure. doing I was doing step-ups today with like 75 pounds and that was not fun putting on even 75 and that like I only weigh 180 so 170 is getting up there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, I was really impressed with the packs. Uh, enjoyed talking to you guys at the expo and wanted to get you back on. So, um, and also, um, like you guys, um, I'm also coming from the southeast, from flatland, um, and kind of starting this journey into the western hunting stuff. I know you guys are. Um, let's see, one of you guys is from Kansas, and one's from Florida, correct? That's correct. <laughs> so let me let me just get I'll just, I'll just start with Joe and let me just hear a little bit about your just your personal background and what led you out west and and got you started and kind of up to the point where you guys kind of met. Yeah, I mean to your point, I, if you can't tell by the accent, I've got the stronger accent in here, so I'm definitely the one not from the south. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean I grew up in Kansas. Um, grew up hunting, you know, it's been a part of our lifestyle from, from, from early on. Yeah. You know, my father was very much involved with hunter's education and just so I've been around him my whole life. And, um, I think it, I think my dad has actually hunted on every continent, um, wow. which is pretty amazing. So anyways, um, you know, it's been a part of my life and then, but I didn't really hunt a lot of big game growing up. And, you know, there was about a, oh, probably 15 year period where I was kind of away from the hunting, just based on where I was at with my career and just moving all over the place. I was in, you know, Vegas a couple of times. I was in Ohio and just bounced around, but then an opportunity came back in around 2004 for me to move up to Idaho. And I knew it was a place cause I'd visited Idaho before and knew it was a place that I would like to get back to cause I do love the outdoors so I moved up here then, and really, I just kind of fell in love with the backpacking scene, even more so than the hunting, hmm. um, just because I had never been around just, you know, at your at your beck and call to be able to go out. It's like, you know, if we wanted to go hike the mountains tonight, we could. Yeah. You know, that was so foreign coming from Kansas. It was a 10-hour drive over to Colorado. So sure. um, I just jumped into it and didn't know what I was jumping into, but learned very quickly on the, the importance of gear. Mm-hmm. And we've got some really funny stories of my first backpacking trip, but, um, you know, I just, I, I started to, to, to enjoy that side of it. And, and over time, you know, started to, to get into the hunting side of it as well. Yeah. Um, 
or getting back into it, I should say, because hunting out in Kansas, whitetail versus hunting muleys in the mountains, it's it's two totally different experiences, both mm-hmm. fantastic experiences, just just different and require different gear and, and so forth. So um, started getting back into that. And then kind of while this was going on, Dennis and I actually went to the same church and I was a, I was a greeter at church and I used to, to greet Dennis and his family every week, but (laughs) we didn't talk more than that. And, um, I think it was, you know, there was a football practice for our boy. So, so Dennis's son, Trey and my son, Ty played flag football together. And this is, this is going back because they're both Ty's getting ready to graduate. Trey already has. And, um, so I just literally went up to Dennis and we started having a conversation, you know, he recognized nice. me and we, we talked and that led to, you know, just week after week at practice and football games. And next thing you know, we end up talking about more and more about hunting and then we end up being in a small group together uh, with a bunch of other men. Oh, and cool. um, yeah. And so from there we ended up hunting together and next thing you know, we're swapping stories on backpacking on packs and what we like and what we don't like. And, have you tried this one? Have you tried that one? What did you like about this one? And, um, you know, from there, it just, it kind of transitioned, you know, to, to us kind of making a decision is, Hey, we feel like we could do something potentially. We feel like after going to the expo year after year after year, yeah, we kind of were like, hey, you know what, maybe there's something here. So, um, I don't know if you want to get into all that now, but you know, that was, that was kind of getting us up to a point of, feeling like, Hey, there's an opportunity here. We could maybe do something better. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of started down that journey, which is that started probably around what 2015 Dennis, if I remember right. Mm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I definitely want to hear about that before we get there. Let me just, uh, get a little bit of Dennis's backstory as well, leading up to that, to that kind of time frame. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in, uh, Northwest Florida and I grew up kind of as a big fan of the where the red fern grows and i grew <laughs> yeah. up coon hunting and trapping and mm-hmm. um you know we had we had some uh some paper company land behind us that uh that a, a group of our of my my dad and, and some of his friends uh leased some ground back there and so it was just a playground for me mm-hmm. and um lived on a dirt road back there and every day was just hunting or fishing um and some some days both i mean in florida you can kind of do that <laughs> but yeah. Uh, um but yeah i grew up whitetail hunting hog hunting uh didn't do a ton of bird hunting i i would go out on opening day of dove season um most every year and yep. uh kill a few doves and you know but that just didn't really do it for me um it was more of the you know, the, the scouting, more of the, the tree stand setting, um, mm-hmm. trying to determine which one you're going to be in on any given day, depending on the wind and yeah. all of that stuff. So, um, kind of grew up doing that. Um, my dad, he was, he was a hunter, but he was not a big hunter. He was yeah. a convenience hunter. And <laughs> what I mean by that is he, um, he liked to carry his rifle with him when he's going to the pasture to check on cows. And if there was a buck standing there and it happened to be deer season, my dad would fill the back of the truck. Nice. <laughs> so I remember several times coming, uh, coming home 
after freezing my butt off in the tree stand all morning long, you know, my dad, he, he's sitting there waiting on me and he would always position <laughs> the truck to where I could see what was in the back of it. Yeah. And, uh, he's standing out there. He's got his hot cup of coffee. He's got a cigarette. He was a long time cigarette <laughs> smoker. And, uh, son, how'd you do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you just got a buck in the truck waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. So that Dude, happened that, on multiple occasions. That reminds me of, okay. So I'm the same way I grew up, you know, my dad had me dove hunting first and then duck hunting, grew up in Virginia and um but then we got permission to deer hunt on a farm out here and then I just fell in love with it. But my dad was never really he he deer hunted when he was younger, but he's more of a bird hunter. He wasn't super interested in sitting in a tree stand and stuff like that. And so anyway, um man, I hunted this place hard and and you know, just just like you're saying, just freezing my butt off just in there all the time every weekend and I killed a couple pretty good deer out of there, but my dad just like one time was like, oh, yeah, it was like the last week of the season or something. He's like, yeah, I think I'll just like bring a little folding chair. And while you're out there, I'll just sit in the edge of this field or whatever. And he's had like a, a shotgun with some like buckshot, like just, a, you know, random whatever. And he sat there and um, one time and he shot the biggest deer on the farm, like that either of us have ever seen. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So got to love those dads. Yeah, how to do it, but um, so yeah, so you guys um, kind of met when you moved to Idaho, and then so let's let me hear a little bit um, kind of going back to the formation of Initial Ascent and like what kind of you know what was it about you know the pack world or what specific problems did you identify that you thought you could fix you know with Initial Ascent or you know and what kind of got you going into that. Yeah, you want to go? Do you want me to take that, Dennis? Uh, yeah, you can, Joe. So, I mean, I think, you know, for, for, from my perspective, you know, getting a pack that could just actually fit my torso length, right? That, you know, not being of tall stature, <laughs> um, yeah. it was always difficult to find a pack that actually just didn't morph you. And, you know, some of the other things is, you know, I know Dennis, he's, you know, he's got a bad back. So we were, we were mm -hmm. looking at, you know, that was part of the issue as well. And, you know, back then there was a lot of technology that was just starting to come into the pack world, right? You started seeing some things within the car carbon fiber space. Mm -hmm. You started seeing some things within, you know, leveraging titanium and other things. Um, so when we kind of started really stepping back saying, Hey, here are the things that we feel like we could do better, but also what do we want to accomplish with the platform? And, we really knew that it, it was all dependent upon having the right foundation, no differently than how you started this podcast off with a prayer. You know, we feel like we had to have the right foundation for our frame and suspension. Having that right then would support everything else. So we literally um, white sheeted it. We worked with three different engineering firms and we didn't really have a materials preference at the beginning. We just knew what we wanted to accomplish. And yeah. that was to be able to carry heavy loads more comfortably and to allow people to, because lumbar issue is a major issue for most people sure. over, over 40, right? You talk to anybody at the, at the expos and I mean, it feels like 90 plus percent of the people that come in the booth have a lumbar issue. So yeah. we knew we needed to address that. So we kind of took that approach and worked with those different engineering firms. And my goodness, I mean, we had, 
so many different generations. I can remember we were sitting in at one of the firms at the engineering firms um, talking with them and they start bringing out different types of woods for us to consider. And that got next, you know, pretty quick, but (laughs) um, I mean, it was, yeah, we literally did look at just about every type of material. The other thing I would say is had we tried to build this, what Dennis, three years prior, we would not have been able to do it because the materials that we use mm. in our product mm. were not available. Some of them even three years prior. Yeah. So um, that's how advanced the, uh, the materials are that, that we leverage within that, that frame. Wow. Well, okay. And maybe stepping back a little bit, but maybe it ties into um, Dennis. I'd love to hear just a little bit about kind of, cause I know that um, Joe said he, he kind of fell in love with the backpacking scene. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you um because kind of similarly we're both coming from the southeast um hunting waterfowl and whitetails and stuff what was your kind of uh journey or learning curve kind of like in just getting into mountain hunting what was that kind of whole thing like for you yeah um great question i uh i've always been well i was until you know probably 20 years ago but i've always been an athlete and uh (laughs) so i (laughs) i uh really like the fact that of how different hunting was out West mm-hmm. um, versus what I grew up with. I mean, just start difference. <laughs> I'm, it, it so, was, I'm so aware of that, man. Like when I found Western yeah. hunting, it's like a new world. Absolutely. And it's, it's just so different. Um, and me being an athlete, I, I wanted to always be doing something active mm-hmm. and, you know, throwing a pack on my back and, and climbing mountains that that's kind of what, what I did, you know, that was my thing. Yeah. I really enjoyed doing that. I, I couldn't get a workout like that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that kind of, and, and to tell you the truth, when I came into Idaho, so my wife and I moved here like two days after we got married. In, nice. in Birmingham, Alabama. And we drove in separate vehicles out. <laughs> that was basically our honeymoon. I still haven't <laughs> lived that down. But uh, we we came out and, you know, I, I found the West. I found Western hunting. So that fall, um, I was invited uh, to go with a group of, gra- of guys uh, on an elk hunt. Never mm-hmm. been on an elk hunt before. And so I got to go experience that. And Man, I just, I I fell in love with it, Um, but I only got to hunt probably a couple of years, and then my wife had our twins, Mm. and when she had our twins, twins, I, I, yeah, I basically quit hunting then. They'll shut you down. uh, Yeah, (laughs) I, I, I I stopped hunting until my son was about eight, and Mm. he, he showed some interest um, in, in hunting because he'd been watching Ted Nugent on TV (laughs) and, uh, yeah. And, and so that got me back into hunting. And so that was back in, let's see, gosh, probably 2009 or something. Okay. Um, and, and then, so I've been at it ever since and just, I've always been a gearhead and, and even when I was, when I was young, 
you know, one of my prized possessions was my first aid kit because it was a kit and <laughs> nice. I could, I could reorganize it all the time. You know, yep. same thing with my tackle boxes on, mm. on the fishing side. I had always reorganized and I just loved gear. And yeah. so when I came out here and got introduced to backpack hunting, it was no different, man. I was just, the only thing that kept me back was just money, you know, yep. to, to buy all this cool gear. <laughs> oh, so I that over, gear. Yeah. So over time, you know, just, um, kind of, I, I owned before initial scent, I owned about every pack out there mm. and I, Joe mentioned my lower back problem. Um, that was an, that was an old injury from back in the early nineties. And, um, it, it, it was just something that with a backpack, with any kind of weight, it just always bothered me. The lumbar section was really never right with any of the packs that I had for me. Um, not that it's not right for somebody else, but just for me. And yeah. so that was one of the main things that I was looking for in a pack that I just could never find and, until Joe and I created it. Um, and yes. now that our frame and suspension is I mean, that's, that is the foundation of, of what we do. And, yeah. um, everybody makes, you know, bags are a lot, you know, a lot of the designs on the bags are the same, you know, you've got this pocket here and this pocket there and the zip, zipper here. Um, you know, that, and that you can go from one extreme to the other, obviously with, mm -hmm. you know, a more minimalist setup to a, po a pocket system that, you can lose stuff and yeah. we feel like we're somewhere right in between kind of a nice happy medium. So, but everybody makes a bag and there are a lot of similarities, but frame and suspension is what sets us apart. Yeah, for sure. And just like on that note of coming from the East coast and like not having access to good mountain gear or people who knew about mountain hunting. I mean, I remember my first pack, I just like went to Cabela or Bass Pro Shop and there was like a Cabela's pack there. I was like, this looks pretty good, you know, and you know, it's like on sale for like 200 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I grabbed that. And, um, I mean, I'm not saying it was a terrible pack, but you know, maybe for a starter pack it was okay. But, uh, when I put on like an actual pack that like fit right and like could adjust well, it was like a game changer. And I was like, I still got yep. that, that old Bass Pro one in the closet for a backup or something, but. Um, to loan to, loan to somebody, to yeah, my cousin, but um, um, but yeah, that's 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 cool, man. So um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between um, you know, a big challenging mountain hunt adventure and like an entrepreneurial venture. Uh, there's a lot of like, you know, congruity there. So. Um, you know, do you think like, and, and going back to kind of the faith aspect of things, like, um, how do you all think that your, your faith has influenced your entrepreneurial journey? Joe? Well, that's a really good question, Hunter. I think, um, I think without our strong foundation, you know, one, it would, it would be tough on the home life, right? Because when you commit to, to going on an adventure like this, right? The, 
the amount of time and energy that it pulls you in other directions to Dennis's point, while you still have your full-time, you know, day job, um, that could be pretty tasking. And I think mm-hmm. that helps at least from my perspective to keep things balanced, but to also to have that support, right? I think it's pretty comforting to our wives when we go, cause we're on the road quite a bit with this, right? But it's comforting for them to know that we're surrounding ourselves with like-minded folks. And that's super important for us to be surrounded by, you know, people that are, that are of similar thoughts. So, you know, from that aspect of it, I think it's been really rewarding, honestly. You know, I think about this hunting community in general um, seems to me, you know, for the most part, are pretty much faith-based in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a common denominator in a lot of conversations, which, which I absolutely love because I don't necessarily get that with my, with my, with my day job, so to speak. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I what kind of, what kind of, I know, um, Dennis said he was in, um, the dairy science kind of world. What, what's your other field? Yeah. So I've been in corporate America for about 25 years. Um, I've managed, some, you know, I've been fortunate. I've worked around just some phenomenal, bright people and managed a lot of really big name brands from DeWalt to Black & Decker to, to Quickset to Stanley to National. So I've been involved okay. in that side of it from the, the sales and marketing um, and operations side of things for, for a long time. Um, nice. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my background. It's kind of cool. what moved me all over the countryside for a number of years there. Yeah. Anyway, that was kind of a side note. But um just going back to what you were saying, I mean, yeah, I noticed that y'all's booth. I mean, you guys had it was like a real nice. Lose you like, guys. Oh no, you there? There. You video froze, but oh, there you oh, are. Oh, there you Uh-oh. are. You guys there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just saying. Um, I remember at y'all's booth, it was a real like a nice like kind of family feel. I mean, uh, Chris and his wife were there. They were a really nice couple, and uh, Roger, really nice dude. You know, so. Um, it was cool to see that. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's pretty special for us to have that opportunity. And, you know, I think it's, it's exciting for, you know, the people you specifically mentioned their spouses to be able to see what their, what their husbands are excited about. Right. Yeah. And to be a part of that. And uh, that's pretty special. Yeah. So along the same lines, and I'll point this one to Dennis, like, um, and I think this could go for entrepreneurship or for hunting or both, but what, what do you think that hunting and, or this entrepreneur entrepreneurial adventure, um, has taught you about God? Ooh, that, that is a great question. Um, (laughs) and I'll just, I real quick, I'll go back to, to something Joe was talking about with the foundation. You know, we, we created a foundation, um, with our frame for our backpack, but, we, we know that first and foremost, we have to have a strong foundation in our faith with, with our creator. And sure. we, I mean, everything that we do is to glorify him. And um, nice. I feel like that we've been called in, into this business um, to not only make great backpacks, but in making great backpacks, changing people's lives. I mean, mm-hmm. touching people's lives on, on different levels. And Joe and I both 
had the honor and have been blessed to see that firsthand um, how we've, you know, whether it's something we said or something we did, how it's affected other people. Um, and just, just basically treating people like they should be treated. Right. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. treat them like we feel Jesus would, would treat people. Um, and I, I think that's, that's just the way we live our lives and it just translates over into business. And I think it's a, a great opportunity for us, um, you know, to be able to, to, you know, be a, be a witness, um, Absolutely. for, you know, for Christ and, and for everything he's done for us. Um, so anyway, so back to your question, um, as far as hunting and, entrepreneurial uh, I've kind of answered a little bit of that but um, I, I think me personally being out in God's creation hunting his creatures um, and just having having the ability uh, and and the time sometimes <laughs> to <laughs> to do that um, and and you know, with our business, I mean, having, having the, uh, you know, the, the ability, the means, whatever you want to call it, but, but also just the, you know, just the strength that we get from him to go ahead and, and push hard in both aspects, whether we're climbing up a mountain or Mm. we're climbing up a mountain in the business standpoint, which is is exactly what we've been doing. And it's a steep mountain, especially in the, you know, let's call it pack mountain, uh, pack mountain is pretty <laughs> steep Yeah, that we, and we found out, but, but it, our faith just keeps pushing us. Um, yeah. and, and just allows us to do, um, those things. And it's not all, you know, it's, it's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is hard. We've Joe and I've been through some frustrating times, you know, um, but man, is it all worth it at the end of the day? I mean, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's really something. And we're, we're truly, truly blessed to be on this journey. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. I'm totally with you there, man. I mean, like when I started this podcast, you know, I was, I've been listening to a lot of people and conversations and I felt like a lot of the guy, like, you know, big name guys in the industry and stuff were believers. Uh, and there are a lot of Christians in the industry um, but it wasn't necessarily talked about too much. So it's like, it'd be cool have a little bit of a unique voice, kind of bring out the spiritual aspect of things, but also, you know, have be open to having conversations with, you know, guys from the LDS church or, you know, you know, some of my guests, you know, have a form of spirituality, but maybe not Christianity or whatever it is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I personally am a Christian, but, um, whether you are Christian or not, I think almost all hunters recognize the spiritual connection that we have to this pursuit and to the land, to the animals and stuff. So kind of no matter what faith you, you ascribe to, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a valid conversation. I think one that, you know, is worth having with anybody. Yep. Yep. Agree. And so, yeah, I really, you know, um, I feel like, you know, the fact that I have these conversations has, really um i feel like the lord's blessed what i'm doing i think i've seen like some really good growth this first year and 
And I, I think same with you guys. And, um, it just makes me think of, you know, Proverbs sixteen three. I was looking it up when you were talking, but you know, commit your way to commit your work to the Lord and your plan. Well, this is a new life translation. I don't want to read that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So yeah. you think you guys have seen the Lord's hand on, uh, initial ascents growth? No, I think the Lord. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't tell you how many times Dennis and I have just, you know, had to pinch ourselves because it's, it's shocking to, to sit back and see where we're at. We know we couldn't have done this, <clears throat> excuse me, without the Lord's hand. In it, right. And at the same time, you know, firmly believe that the Lord hasn't given us more than we can handle. He's only going to give us mm-hmm. what we can. And we're comfortable with that. Um, at times it feels like he's, you know, we, we question, okay, is this really, I mean, do we handle all this? But, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we figured out how to work through it. And, you know, we you know, know differently than how you started this up with a prayer. You know, I would say probably 75% of the time Dennis and I get together over the years, it's, that was kind of how we kick things off as well. And it just, you know, it's, it's hard not to come in with a clear mindset, you know, after praying, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So so now yeah. for sure um another thing too i mean like you're saying coming in with a clear mindset you know um sometimes i get to thinking like oh like you know i i don't i don't have enough to really be saying in this space you know i wasn't born out west you know i haven't been elk hunting since i was six years old like <laughs> you know all this stuff i have learned a lot in the last couple of years um you know and so a lot of times you can kind of get down on yourself like that. But what I really try to do is just look at it as an asset. Like, okay, I, you know, like I said, I wasn't born with a elk bugle tube in my mouth, but like, um, I can come into this with a fresh set of eyes. I can help guys that are coming from my position and out, you know, coming out West and learning. Um, and so something to be said about coming into a space with a space with a fresh set of eyes. And I, I wonder if that might've been part of y'all's story too, kind of, um, because your pack frame design is so kind of, um, I don't know, revolutionary might be somewhat strong, but maybe not. Um, it's just, uh, innovative design. Um, do you think that coming kind of at this from, almost sort of an outsider's perspective and kind of hitting it from a new angle was, was an asset to the whole process. Yeah. I mean, I think no question it was cause really you don't have any guardrails established, right? It's just an open blank sheet. And that's yeah. really where we started um, was with a blank sheet. We, we did not have a preference of materials. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's funny because we have a lot of people that, you know, when we talk to them, they expect us, we have an engineering background, right? Yeah. You know, our design background and our product marketing, you know, so it's, that's not our background. Our background is we're just, we're Joe and Dennis, <laughs> you know, we're hunters, <laughs> yeah. we love the outdoor, we knew what we liked. And then what we did though, is we tested the heck out of it. Yeah. And I think we launched with 14 generations before we actually launched wow. that. And, yeah. um, yeah. you know, product three development and a half is, years. is an intense process. I don't think it people is. realize what it takes to get a product to market. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, there's, there's no question. There's so much that goes into it. And that's, that's another blessing that I would say through this whole thing for Dennis and I is just the amount of stuff that we've learned, right? Yeah. You, you sit back and you look from three and a half, four years ago, just all of the new things, the new, our own personal challenges that we've had to face into 
And I mean, I can, you know, the list is lengthy of things that, you know, had to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, I'd rather, you know, approach it this way or that way. And, um, you know, we've just, we've been blessed to be able to work through those kind of challenges. Yeah. So, um, diving a little bit deeper into the frame itself and even the bags too. Um, what, you know, what makes y'all's product different? Like what, how is it able to, you know, hold these loads so well and so comfortably what's different about it? Yeah, I think that that goes, you know, it's a testament first and foremost to our frame and just the, the curves, the, uh, the way that with our system, you can keep, it's a little wider than most, um, you know, and you've seen that, you mm-hmm. know, and the same with our bag designs. I mean, we're, the thing you want to do with heavyweight is, and that's where we excel, um, you know, with putting all the emphasis that we did into our hip belt and our lumbar support, um, along with that frame, uh, being able to support weight, it's all about keeping weight close to your back. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and high, um, not letting it get down too low. Um, and so with our bag designs, the same concept went into that. We, most backpacks that I had owned, um, were, more um they were round in shape so you know they're they were uh so you you had yeah tubular so if you you had you know maybe a a foot a foot and a half you know to the edge of that bag off your back well that's Mm -hmm. putting weight further out there and just from a physics standpoint you know that moment arm is what we call it um is longer and so if you have the same amount of weight with that moment arm being longer versus shorter, you're doing more work. Right. And so we wanted to do less work, be more energy efficient. So we're trying to, we made our system a little wider, a little um, more narrow or shallower. Um, and, gotcha. and so then, like you're saying, like, for example, like I also have a, a stone sky guide 7,900 and it's uh-huh. almost like when you pack that thing, it's almost like a sausage. Like it's very, yeah. like you said, tubular. And I was noticing, um, I don't have one of y'all's packs yet, but I was noticing on uh, one of Brian's videos I was working on editing, um, it's it's almost got that more kind of like traditional, like if you think of like a kindergartner going to school with a big, huge backpack on, it's like that yeah. more like, like U-shaped kind of wider design. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit more rectangular. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you want to put it, put it in those terms, uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's, it's wider. So you have more surface area against your back. Um, and you can, you can lay more, more meat and yeah, then makes sense. The thing, yeah. And then, then you take our frame and the way that it's designed with those upper limbs, and, you know, we designed that for a rifle sling, those notches up there on top of the upper yeah, limb. Yeah, that's, that's a cool little feature. Yeah, but then, you know, uh, one of our good friends, Dave Baronio, he's a guide there in Utah, and he hauls multiple animals off the mountain every year. And he came up with putting quarters on these upper limbs <laughs> of the frame. And you talk about, that. yeah, and you talk about getting weight close to your center of gravity you can't with any other pack system get that weight any closer 
than we can with, with ours um, yeah. because we hang them on the sides. And so those quarters actually come down and the whole thing is balanced right with your, your midline. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really, it just comes down to physics and, yeah. you know, with work with those engineering firms um, and then, and then Joe and I just, constantly you know drawing things up and and talking about our concept and how is our concept going to be different than other people that's kind of what we what we came up with um yeah um so what are some you know again for me coming from the east coast it took me a while to figure out like how a pack should fit and how to like i didn't even know that was a thing i thought it was like oh it's a backpack you just put it on and it's on your back, <laughs> you know, it's and like 80% like, oh. of the people. Yeah. And, but, but like, it's a whole thing. So that was a, pro- a learning process for me. But like, I guess, um, my question would be, um, what are like some of the most important, you know, without being there to actually fit the pack to someone, what are some of the most important things or the biggest mistakes you see guys making when they throw on a pack and, and trying to get it fit? Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, as I think about just my own personal experiences kind of going through and learning how to fit a pack properly, I think most people early on, you, you and honey, you even talked about it, right? You've got your Bass Pro. I, I had my Cabela's, so probably yeah. the exact same pack. <laughs> well, it, it, I got it at Bass Pro, but it was actually, a, it was a Cabela's pack, so it probably is the same one. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, you know, that hip belt was a one size fits all. Well, that's not realistic. Right. And, um, so, you know, I think there's some fundamentals where people tend to maybe go easy on, you know, from a cost perspective, they focus on something that's cheap, but, but when you come out West, you realize you really do need something that's able and designed Mm -hmm. to carry heavy loads. So I think first and foremost, just getting into the right selection of packs would be step one where I see a lot of people make mistakes, um, depending on what the application is. Hey, if you're hunting in a tree stand all day long, which is fantastic fun, you may not need that exact, you know, that type right. of setup for that. For sure. Right. But if, but if you're packing in and you're carrying heavy loads, you got something, you need something that's going to be able to support you uh, and to support the weight of the load. So the other thing that we really talk a lot about is getting the torso length, right? Because if you don't, you're going to carry most likely a lot of that weight up on your shoulders and mm-hmm that's going to cause a tremendous amount of muscle fatigue. It's going to probably call cause, you know, what we grew up, you know, playing sports, worm burners down the back, you know, between your shoulder blades. Um, And, you know, one of the things Brian talks about is that, you know, our pack allows him to recover quicker because he, he, he is not, you know, he doesn't have that muscle fatigue. He has some, some areas between his, in in his back has some issues. And he says, you know, our pack allows him to recover faster. So, Getting a pack to fit, and we actually spent some time and developed a pack fitting video, right? Because oh, cool. you, you want to get in a proper stance. You want to. There's a certain process that you go through to make sure that you've got it set in the right spot before you start tightening everything down. Mm-hmm. But you'll see people they'll just grab a pack and they'll just throw it on and they'll just start ripping this, that, and the other. And next thing you know, they've got you know a guy that's you know six six. You know, it's got a pack on him made for somebody that's you know five two. <laughs> and it just the math doesn't work <laughs> so for sure yeah and um, what well, one thing we like to do hunter real quick is yeah. uh when when folks come into our booth or folks come into our tent at an archery event or something like that 
you know, we say, you know, look, we know you've probably tried on dozens of packs, um, but let us show you how we'd like you to put ours on. And so then we take them through step by step. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, a, a kid or, or somebody that's never hunted or a crafty veteran that's, that's hunted for forever. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we like to take them through those steps uh, that Joe was talking about uh, to make sure they do it properly. And cause first impression is the first impression, right? Yeah. And we, we got to get that right. And so we want to kind of be in charge of, of that. So for sure. So you mentioned something worm burners. I never heard that before, but okay. Let me just tell you selfishly. I have to ask you this. I get this like pain and fatigue, right? Like yeah. here, yep. like right next to my spine. And yeah. it's usually on this side, but sometimes it goes on the other side too. But what do you think that's from? I can never figure that out. Yes. I mean, at least growing up in Kansas, maybe a little bit different in the South. That's what we traditionally would call a worm burner right in, right in that area there. And, um, typically that's has to do with the weight on your shoulders, or it could be with your neck. You know, if you've got too much pressure up there on your neck, Hmm. Um, that was, you know, that was one of the areas for me specifically, I've got a herniated disc between C5 and C6. So I have a tendency to get that up top there. And that was one of the things as we designed it, you know, we want to get 80% of the weight on your hips, right? Mm -hmm. When we go through the, the pack fitting process, one of the things that we also do is we make sure that, that when we're fitting somebody that they have weight in the pack, we want a minimum of 30 pounds. That way we can really kind of set that up to, to make sure it's not on their shoulders. Because if you're carrying the majority of your weight on your shoulders, there's a high likelihood you will start to get that pain where you, where you're describing it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'll have to, did you, does it have anything to do with, uh, your torso length size? No, it no, shouldn't. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, with our system, we've got the ability to adjust the torso length. So if yeah. you've got a pack that, that you don't have the ability to adjust it, then yeah, you could be transferring a lot of that weight on the shoulders and getting it, mm -hmm. not being able to put it on the hips. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else you guys want to just mention about your pack specifically before I just move on to another question real quick? The only thing I would say is that, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of, kind of gone over, you know, what's, what's different about ours, but mm -hmm. it, it is also a modular system. So you can, you can do four different configurations, whether you're in day pack mode, uh, 2k, 4k, 6k, um, all on the same frame and suspension. So, uh, those nice. bags transition, uh, off of there and on there in second. That is really nice. Um, Hunter, one other thing just to piggyback off yeah. of that is, um, you know, did, we, we launched the, 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 our pack system in 2018 at the expo and year after year, Dennis and I would be there at the show and we had female after female after female come up to us and you'd see them throw a pack on and you could just see the disappointment in their face because let's just face it. Females torsos are typically about two to three inches shorter than a male. Mm -hmm. So you would see them and they would have a pack on and it's, you know, six inches above their ears. Mm. There really just wasn't anything out there. So we launched last year, um, a female frame, which is oh, a shorter nice. torso length. And I got to tell you, you know, our plan was to launch it at the show in 2021, but obviously it was canceled. Right. So, um, didn't get to see the experience of a lot of people close up when we launched that, 
but being able to this year at the expo fit the females with a frame that's designed specifically for the female torso. Mm. I got to tell you, man, it was, you know, we talk about rewarding. That was pretty cool to see, see the ladies yeah. walk away with a pack in hand and, and a smile on their face with a pack that finally fits them. And it's not their husband's hand me down. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's pretty unique too. Um, well, cool guys. Um, any, uh, any, so this will be, this season will be my first time out hunting in Idaho. I'm actually doing quite a bit of hunting in Idaho. I got, we're going to do some bear hunting out that way. And then I also got a deer and a congruent deer and elk tag that I'm going to be heading out there in October. You guys got any cool uh, hunts planned this year that you're excited about? Or are you just working the whole time? <laughs> well, we always have cool hunting aspirations. Um, there we go. But, you guys get some uh, pretty good opportunities, Idaho residents. I got to say, I'm kind of jealous. Oh, we definitely do. It's just getting the time to go do it, you know, because right now it's, you know, it's still just Joe and I with, uh, you know, yeah. some volunteer work from our families from time to time. Um, so we're, we're kind of the janitors and we're also, <laughs> you know, the, high level executives um, <laughs> at, least, at least joe joe is but uh, that's what you call uh, vertical integration ver vertical integration that's right so uh but but yeah we we uh have have that and and it's uh it's hard to it's hard to get away sometimes but uh yeah. for for us i think joe and i we've got a, a bear hunt or two coming up this spring cool. um we always always like to get that uh, done so uh springs springs a little bit better for us than than fall sometimes yeah but uh you know in fall there'll be elk in september and um and deer and in, in october uh possibly november as well so nice um yeah so we've got i've got i put i put in for several you know state draws out there and we'll see what happens with uh with those and kind of cool. go from there cool all right. Well, yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, we're we're we are though. We are starting to plan a trip to go a little further north up uh, to do a caribou hunt. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So we're looking fly hopefully, in what, or... twenty. Still trying to we yeah trying to figure out if it's a fly in or do we take the boat or do we do haul roll haul roads. Yeah. Still trying to work through all of those. It's you know, dude, options. The, the the fly-in caribou scene is tough right now man i mean just in the last two or three years the prices have more than doubled and you got to book so far out in advance it's nuts man yeah but hey not trying to discourage you, you definitely start planning now and that'd be cool man I, i'd like to do that so i did my first trip to alaska we did a walk-in uh caribou hunt we didn't end up tagging out, but we could have, we, you know, had opportunity on some very small bulls that we weren't quite sure were bulls. So we just didn't pull the trigger. Um, but it was a life changing experience. So, um, yeah. we kind of just missed the herd, but, um, it's even if you just go up there, like, even if you don't end up tagging out, I mean, either way, like Alaska is just amazing. Have y'all been before? Or? I was a kid. I spent about six weeks up there, oh, but, nice. um, but yeah, not, not hunting. We were just, I was up there actually fishing. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, this would be a totally different deal for sure. Yeah. Well, that's going to be awesome. Uh, well, where can people, um, find y'all's, um, you know, packs or maybe there's a upcoming shows or tax or something you're going to be at, or where can people find y'all stuff? 
Yeah, so we'll, uh, it, they can go online. I mean, we are a direct consumer model. So um, www. I don't think, I, I'm too old to say www, right? Or, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, anyway, initialsit.com um, is a great place. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Initial Scent, and uh, YouTube uh, is a is a great place as well. But um, yeah, um, as far as shows and that sort of thing, we're going to be at uh, most of the Mountain Archery Fest okay. um, this summer. We've done that for the past two or three years um, with that organization. It's really growing and yeah. uh, really good family atmosphere, and so um we uh we've enjoyed going to those over the years and and uh, looking forward to going back so cool. um we don't have any other shows coming up show season's kind of over for yeah. us sure. um so I anything else joe that that you can remember no no i think between the math events this year there's four four to six of them right and cool. that we're planning on being at so yeah that'll be that'll be really good and to dennis's point it's it's such a good environment and uh opportunity to get out and you know start flinging some arrows get ready yeah. for the uh for the first for the september rush yeah man yep. so I, I went to my first tack last year i don't know if because they had one in pennsylvania which is not too far from me so i'm not sure if mountain archery fest has one out this way or not but i'll have to look into it but um anyway guys it's, it's, it's been really cool catching up with you guys appreciate y'all thanks time. so much appreciate it hunter we enjoyed it thoroughly yeah, yeah. good hunter good to visit with you appreciate it yeah you too hopefully um maybe when i'm out there i don't know if i'll have time during bear season or not but i'm gonna be like I said, i'm gonna be out there a couple times so maybe lord willing we could connect or something while i'm out there and you're in the in the gym state yeah awesome. give us a holler man all right cool thanks guys thank you